Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I'm Silver. dressed man left the Union Pacific train at the station in Frontier Town. He walked quickly to the office of the Southwest Bugle and went inside. How do you do, sir? How do you do? I'm looking for the publisher of this newspaper. I understand his name is Milo Phillips. That's his name, but he's not in right now. Oh, that's unfortunate. I've come quite a distance to see him. I'm his daughter, Sally. Perhaps I can help you. Perhaps you can. My name is Brophy. James C. Brophy. Yes, Mr. Brophy? The last edition of your paper has an article about Joe Jolly. Oh, yes. He runs the Brandon Iron Shop down the street. He has a number of other enterprises. Well, he's just opened a gold mine in the Enchanted Hills. Uh, This article tells about an invention, a device that measures the distance a man walks, a walk meter or a pedometer. That's right. In the article, you state that it's nearly as important as the watch or compass... Well, Mr. Brophy, it was Joe Jolly's pedometer that led to the capture of the slave gang. Mm. Perhaps Mr. Jolly could give you more details. Young lady, 
I've learned that a newspaper man is likely to be quite reliable as a source of information. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to ask your father point blank whether or not the jolly pedometer is all that it's claimed to be. Oh, yes, indeed it is, sir. I can vouch for that. It's a wonderful invention. If you wear it on the belt or carry it in your pocket, it will show just how far you walk. <laughs> your word is good enough for me. Thank you, Miss Sally. Thank you very much. If you want to learn any more... No, about... no, I'm satisfied. Uh... By the way, could you direct me to the Rancher's National Bank? Oh, it's right over there, across the street. Judge Knott is the owner. Thank you, young lady. Thank you. I shall call on Judge Knott. Mr. Brophy, you seem to be particularly well-informed. How did you learn that my bank loaned money to Joe Jolly? <laughs> well, Judge Knott... I didn't come here to do business without making an investigation. Your bank holds a chattel mortgage on Joe Jolly's property, is that correct? Yes. He borrowed the money to build and stock his shop. The mortgage soon comes due, doesn't it? Yes. Why? Do you consider Jolly a good risk? Splendid. Aside from the fact that he's been doing a fair business in his shop, he's just struck pay dirt in the Enchanted Hills. How about his invention? The pedometer? Mm-hmm. There's money in it if he handles it right. Patented? Oh, yes, of course. Does your mortgage cover his rights to the invention as well as the shop and equipment? It covers everything he owns. Mm. And we can do business. Judge not. I want to buy the mortgage. <laughs> I hadn't thought of selling it. I'd be willing to pay a premium. Why? I'm something of a gambler. I play hunches. And I have a hunch that Jolly won't be able to meet his obligation. <laughs> but that's preposterous. He's been doing a fine business. I happen to know he hasn't started operating his gold mine. No, He doesn't he... believe in banks. He keeps his money hidden in his shop. And a lot of things might happen between now and the date the mortgage falls due. <laughs> However, as I say, I'm a gambler. Perhaps I should tell you, Mr. Brophy... The gold mine is not covered by the mortgage. The pedometer could be made more profitable than a gold mine. <laughs> now, let's discuss the price for which you'd sell the mortgage. Half an hour later, James C. Brophy left the bank with the mortgage tucked in his pocket. That night, four men rode into town shortly after dark. They went directly to the Bright Lights Cafe and joined Brophy at a secluded table in the corner. So you got the mortgage, eh, Brophy? Boys, if Jolly can't pay off his debt, I shall be the owner of a marvelous invention. <laughs> now, here's what you're to do. It was later that same night. In fact, it was just about midnight when the people of Frontier Town were roused by a clanging triangle, the alarm that signified fire. Fire! Fire! Hey, it's Jelly's place. The branding iron shop. Spread the word! Joe Jelly's place is going up in flames! He's gone! Half-dressed people rushed from their homes. And others came from the Bright Lights Cafe, the Silver Dollar, the Harvey House, and the Range Riders Inn to join the hopeless fight against a fire that was beyond control.
Judge Knott was watching from a window of his home when his wife came to his side. Uh, look at that, Henrietta. Look at that fire. And to think that I... You what? Poor Jolly, he'll be cleaned out. This place is beyond control, isn't it? Of course it is. Look at the bucket brigade. They've already given up fighting that oh. fire. They're just trying to keep it from spreading. Well, a man can't expect good fortune all the time. After all, Joe Jolly's been riding high, wide, and handsome since he discovered that gold mine. Henrietta! Now I suppose he'll want to extend his mortgage. I wish I still held it. You don't? No. And I'm sure that the man who bought it has no intention of extending it. You mean you sold the mortgage? Yes. Yes, I sold it to a man who had a hunch... The leaping flames cast a red glow in the sky over Frontier Town. It was seen by the Lone Ranger and Tonto in their camp some distance away. They saddled their horses and rode hard. By the time they reached the edge of town, Joe Jolly's shop had collapsed to a mass of embers. They dismounted in the darkness apart from the people who lingered at the scene. We'll stay in the dark, Tonto. I don't want people to see me with this mask. Ah, Joe Jolly over there. Yes. Talking to someone. Yeah, and seen plenty man. I haven't seen that man he's talking to around town before. I wonder who he is. You not know him. If we go a little closer, perhaps we can hear what's going on. Now listen to me, Johnny. There'd be absolutely no point in telling you I bought the mortgage unless it were true. I won't believe it until I see it. And even then, I won't believe you got the mortgage unless Judge Nod himself says he sold it to you. <laughs> He'll tell you. When did he sell it? This afternoon. This afternoon. And tonight my place burns down and with it all my savings. Your savings? You mean to say you kept your money in that shop? Well, if I did, that's my business. And you'll be unable to pay the mortgage? That's about the size of it. Looks like you made a bad buy, Mr. Brophy. Yes, so it would seem. Hmm. However, that's the way things go. Of course, I may be able to salvage something from the ruins. You mean you're going to foreclose? I have no choice, Mr. Jolly. I understand you hold a few patents. I might be able to realize something on them. Huh. The only thing worthwhile I ever invented was a gadget that shows how far a man walks. Hey, wait a minute. That's the pedometer. I'm not going to let that go. <laughs> uh, let's postpone any further discussion until morning. You're tired now, Jolly, and perhaps you're not thinking clearly. But the pedometer Your patent is one of the few assets you have. Surely you're not going to begrudge me that. <laughs> but we'll discuss it all in due time. Good evening to you, Jolly. I reckon I'm really cleaned out. But I won't take it without doing something about it. I'm going to have a showdown. No way. Let him go, Toto. But you say you want to talk to him. Plenty of time for that. What we've just heard changes a lot of things. Henrietta watched her husband, Judge Knott, pace the floor until she could tolerate it no longer. Oh, for mercy's sake, blow out the light and get ready for bed. Pacing the floor isn't going to bring back Joe Jolly's shop. Oh, I know it isn't. I wish to heaven it were as simple as that. After all, it's no skin off your nose. Henrietta, please mind your own business. Yes, because... Oh, mercy, that startled me. For goodness sake, who's rapping on the door at this hour of the night? Well, I'll see. Oh, 
Joe Jolly. Yes, it's me, Judge. Uh, maybe I'd better say banker not. It's too late for company. I reckon it is pretty late, Mrs. Nort, but I knew you were up. I could see your lights burning. I guess everyone in town is up late tonight, thanks to the fire at my place. What do you know about that fire, Judge? I? You held a mortgage on my place. Is it true you sold it to a critter named Brophy? Yes, Joe, it's true. Sold me out. I couldn't believe it. Now, listen to me, Joe. And I, I always thought that you were one of Frontier Town's finest citizens. And so he is. Ah. For your information, Mr. Jolly, it's the duty of the head of a bank to protect the money of his depositors. That can best be done by running the bank as profitably as possible. Well, Henrietta, let me tell him. I had a chance to sell your mortgage, Joe, at considerable profit. To Brophy? Yes. And now I'm cleaned out. I've lost my building and all my savings. If you'd kept your money in the bank where it belongs, instead of hoarding it somewhere in your shop, you wouldn't have lost it. Henrietta, please. And what's more, I've lost my patent rights to the pedometer. The only thing in my life I've ever done that was worthwhile. My one chance to amount to something, and that's gone too. How much is Brophy going to give you? What? You heard me. I'm no fool. I know that Brophy started that fire. Looks to me like you were in cahoots with him. Charlie, that's not true. I have all the contemptible... I think it is true. Admit it. Joe, Joe, put that gun away. Give me the truth. I've told you I can't... You're going to admit working with Brophy. Then you're going to pay up every dime I've lost. I'll take it in cash or I'll get it out of your hide. Now, don't be a fool. Put that gun down. You heard what I said. Speak up. Confess. I can't. I'll fix him. Henrietta. No. Henrietta. Henrietta, what have you done? I've shot him. He was so intent on you, he paid no attention to me. Here, here, Joe. Let me help you. You fool, why did you do it? Put that gun away. Are you speaking to me? I am. Fine gratitude for saving your life. Charlie didn't mean to shoot me. Don't stand there, Joe. Go get Doc Drummond. He's masked. Come in, Tonto. Take a look at Joe and see how badly he's hurt. You get out of here. Get out, I tell you, or I'll shoot you too. You've done about enough shooting, Mrs. Knott. I'll take that gun. No, you don't. There. Where did you come from? We just got here. How is he, Tonto? Well, him not die. Me patch him up so him be all right. Oh, the poor devil. I can hardly blame him for coming here as he did. If conditions were reversed, I might have done the same thing. Judge not. The point is this. Under the present conditions, what are you going to do? The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue our story. Joe Jolly lay unconscious on a couch in Judge Knott's home. His wound had been skillfully treated and bandaged by Tonto and had been pronounced not critical. The judge was more concerned about the matter than his wife. I know I can speak freely to you. Despite the fact that you conceal your face with a mask, you've already proved yourself one of Joe Jolly's best friends. Is it true, Judge Knott, that you sold the mortgage? Yes. A man named Brophy, James C. Brophy, bought it. What about Joe's charge that Brophy set fire to his place? Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. He seemed to think that Joe's invention, the pedometer, has great possibilities. Can't you loan Jolly more cash so he can pay off the debt and not lose his patent rights to the pedometer? I'd be glad to do it if I had money of my own, but I can't risk the bank's money. I'd have to have a security for the loan. See. What about Joe's gold mine in the hills? Oh, it hasn't been worked enough. It couldn't be considered good security. If Joe had several wagon loads of ore, it would be different. It would? Yes, if the ore were at the railroad station ready for shipment, I could advance as much cash as Joe needs. How much ore would be required? Uh, five or six wagon loads. But that's out of the question. Joe hasn't manpower to dig that much ore. He hasn't the wagons or horses to move it. Furthermore, there's very little time. When does the mortgage fall due? At noon on Saturday. Come on, Toto. We've got to work fast. And where we go? We'll start with Milo Phillips. He's working tonight to publish a special edition of the newspaper. Why are you going to see him? We need his help. I'm going to ask him to call for volunteers with picks and shovels, wagons and horses. Milo Phillips proved cooperative. His newspaper carried a plea for men to help get Joe Jolly's ore out of the ground. But Phillips did more than this. He sent friends in all directions to ask ranchers and farmers to help. There were a score of volunteers at Jolly's mine. They had blasting powder and tools for digging, and they made the dirt fly. James Brophy met his four friends in the cafe for a council of war. What are you going to do about it, Brophy? The way those men are working, they'll get all the ore Joe Jolly needs. Kendall, it's up to you and the boys to get busy. You've got to see that the ore doesn't get to the railroad station. But there's only four of us, five counting you. There'll be at least a dozen men on the wagon. You'll need help. Do you know where to find the Larrabee kid and his gang? Yeah. And their guns are always for hire. Yeah. Have them help you. Now, there are many places in the hills where you can waylay the wagons on the way to town. Right, Brophy. Count on us. <laughs> Those wagons will never reach the station. At sundown on Friday, Joe Jolly was seated near a window in Judge Knott's home when he saw the Lone Ranger rain up outside. Oh, Judge! Hey, Judge, come in here. You've got company. Thanks and live, Joe. That's all the excitement. Well, look out there. Joe, what are you shouting about? Well, look who's coming. Uh, he's mad. It's the man who helped me. The man who called on me. I'll let him in. Good evening. Hello, Judge Knott. 
Good evening, Mrs. Knott. Oh, it is good to see you. Joe, how's the wound? The doc says I can go out tomorrow. Uh, how is the digging progressing? The men will have Joe's ore. They have to work all night to get it. Gosh, I wish there was a way to help. I feel hogtied. Oh, look, here comes Milo Phillips. Oh, Milo. Uh, when I see a door open, I walk right in. Good evening, all. Good evening. Oh, I'm glad to see the mash man is here. Yes? You're the one to know what I've been seeing. What's that, Milo? The Larby kid and his gang are camped in the hills. I've heard of him. Oh, bad, plenty bad. He generally has about 25 men in his gang. And they're all with him. Does the sheriff know? Well, there's no outstanding charges against the kid. Oh, what worries me is he's going around with a critter named Kendall. And the fact that Kendall is friendly with James C. Brophy. Brophy? I'm wondering if maybe the wagons might have trouble on the downhill run from the gold mine to the station. I wonder. Kendall met the Larrabee kid and his gang early on Saturday morning in the hills, about halfway between the town and the gold mine. This is a good spot for the ambush, kid. Couldn't be better. We can hide out on both sides of the trail. How many wagons will it be? Not more than eight. I'll get the boys fixed. You boys, yeah. spread out. Find places to hide on both sides of the trail. And open fire when I signal with the first shot. I guess we're all set, Kendall. If any of those drivers are uncommon lucky, one of them might get through to the station. But I guarantee that five of them won't make it. High in the hills, a far different scene was taking place. Joe Jolly himself was there, and Judge Knott, who had furnished the buckboard transportation, was with him. So was Milo Phillips. I, I'm telling you, Judge, I, I get sort of all choked up when I see what these men have done to help me. There's more to it than helping you, Joe. Some of them are doing it because the Lone Ranger asked them to. And others are doing it because they know Jim Brophy burns your shop. They can't get him for that, but they're bound to determine he's not going to take your pedometer patent away. They're ready to start. I wonder where the Lone Ranger is and, and Tonto. Well, I don't know, Joe. I thought for sure they'd be here. Well, Phillips, I guess this is a big test. You better get into my buckboard and go ahead. We'll make sure the trail is clear. Yes, see that there's no sign of any ambush, such as Milo here suspected. We're going ahead in the judge's buckboard. If there's any sign of danger, we'll let you know. All set? Yeah. Let's go, Judge. Get up there. Strung out in a single line, the heavily loaded wagons moved downhill along the snake-like trail. Several hundred yards ahead of the leading wagon, Judge Knott guided his team from the seat of the buckboard with Joe Jolly and Milo Phillips as passengers. Kendall saw them coming and nudged the Larrabee kid. And let the buckboard go on through. We don't want to open fire on the judge. Yeah, I said it. He'll be almost out of sight by the time the first of the wagons get here. The buckboard passed the ambushers without incident and continued on the way toward town. 
Then the leading wagon load of ore came into view. Now, kid, pass it word to the men to get ready. They got the instructions. You know what to do. As soon as I open fire, they'll follow suit. If we could drop the horses, the wagon would probably capsize and block the trail. The rest would pile up on top of it. It'd probably be better than shooting the drivers. Hey, Kendall, how about it? Get ready. I've got my rifle resting on a rock here. I can't miss. Who's going to open fire? Who said that? All right, men. Go down them. That's a mass man. Hey, where'd he come from? Pick the other side, Potter. He got it. Hey, look. Look out. We're being attacked. Let them have it. They want to fight. Give it to them. Come on. Men and horses leaped into action from concealing rocks on both sides of the trail. The Lone Ranger led the attackers on one side, while Toto, followed by a number of Indians from Flying Arrows Village, swept down from the other. Kendall and his men, including the Larrabee Kids gang, were trapped between two factions. They were taken by surprise, and they were heavily outnumbered. Some of them didn't even have the chance to fire a shot. Put on your guns. Get your hands up. Get ropes on those men and bring Kendall to me. Now, wait, listen, mister. Kendall, you're going to talk. What I tell you? We have a lot of questions to ask you, mostly about Joe Jolly Fire. It was nearly noon when Brophy came out of the cafe. He found Milo Phillips on the porch. Oh, hey, uh, going somewhere, Brophy? Oh, uh, uh, yes. Come along if you want a story. Uh, maybe I can get the story right here. Yes, I dare say you might. I'll let you know as soon as I've taken over Jolly's assets for whatever they may be worth. You can't do that until noon. Uh, ten minutes to wait. Uh, looks like you can transact your business with Jolly without leaving the porch. Hmm? Here he comes. And if you ask me, he doesn't look unhappy. Well, what's that crowd following you? Uh, let's see there's Judge Knott, Sheriff Two-Gun Taylor. There's Tarberry, the Lazy Y. And there's quite a number of ranchers. Those men. Look, some of them are tied. Uh, bad lot, if you ask me. A couple of your friends seem to be among the prisoners. I, I think I'd better go inside. Hold on there, Brophy. Wait a minute. I want to see you. You better stick around, Brophy. You've got some business to attend to. Seems to me I owe you some money, Brophy. I have it right with me. So if you'll just trot out that mortgage, I'll pay out. Uh, Joe, uh, uh, there's no hurry. Oh, I, yes, I, uh, there is. You'll have to finish up any business you have, Brophy, because the sheriff's taking you into custody. But, the sheriff? You're going on trial for arson along with Kendall and the rest of your friends. Also for attempted murder. Attempted murder? That's right, you ornery scheming polecat. As an accessory before the fact... You're just as much to blame as the critters that were waiting in ambush to kill off the wagon drivers that were bringing in my ore. No, no. Oh, wait. Now, listen. Let me explain. There's nothing I... to explain, Brophy. We have confessions signed and witnessed. Oh, but I... No tell you, Brophy. We got a lick complete. Lone Ranger rounded up a lot of ranchers, and his pal brought Flying Arrows Indians to catch us. Lone Ranger? That's right, Brophy. You see, there were a lot of men who wanted to help Joe Jolly. Men who had neither horses nor wagons. They couldn't help with the digging or moving of the ore. But when they were asked to lend their fighting ability... Ah, worse luck. You'd uh, better collect the cash from Joe. You'll need it to make good the loss of his shop and the loss of his savings due to the fire you caused. But I tell you that You're going I... to pay, Brophy. Pay in cash. Then you'll pay in jail, while Joe uses the cash to develop a gold mine and a pedometer. I... 
I just hope the time will come when I can repay everyone for what they have done to help me, and especially the Lone Ranger. you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. 